Father, we feel the weight of your goodness and the weight of your presence, and we welcome you. Father, make yourself at home, beloved, in the name of your Son. Amen. Tonight, we are in the month of Av. It's the month of the Father. And while growing in friendship and intimacy with the Father is always available to us, during the month of Av, it's as if the Father comes even closer and he pulls back another veil on his heart and says, Can you see me now? Can you see me now? And so tonight, he wants you to see him. But sometimes before we can see something new about the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, before we can even be open to it, we need a grid or we need a paradigm. So I want to take a few moments and share the paradigm that the Holy Spirit wants us to have tonight so that our expectations have no boundaries and what we are hearing in our spirit has no ceiling. The Father said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 6.4, it is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one one God. And then if you will, he opens wide his heart in vulnerability and you can almost hear him pleading like, please love me with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, please, because he knows that opens us up to receive more love. And Jesus said the same thing, didn't he? In the two greatest commandments. The Father nor Jesus would ask something of us that is not possible. It must be possible in this earth or they would not ask it. Some translations say, love us with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. But they're it must be possible. I remember being at the Abbey of Gethsemane and having this exploded to me when I was, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s, and it started me on such a deep, healing, freeing journey that I don't have words for it because I thought, love you with all my heart. That means no hurts, no wounds, no filter, no walls. Love you with all my mind. That means no judgments, no opinions. That, that love you with all my soul. That means my will, my mind, my emotions carry nothing of this world. For everything in this world forms us to not love him with abandon. 
and forms us to not receive with abandon. So I thought, what, what is the journey? Last month we referred to it as going from saved to saved with an improved personality to being a new creation, to being an ambassador who has the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ, and the authority of Christ in the earth. And as I shared with some of our folks when we were praying before tonight, it's like the Father's going, let's try to explain it this way. I just want them to hear what I'm offering. So here's the grid, and then we're going to talk about Father. The grid is, in our natural state, we have stages of development, don't we? We're babies, we're children, et cetera, et cetera. And if we skip any of those, we have wounds, we have hurts. If you're forced to be an adult when you're a child and take care of your parents, or if you're this or that, wounds, neglected, nurturing issues, you name it, then in the natural, we come into adulthood and we have walls and defenses and everybody with me? The same is true in the spirit, of course. We have stages. We start as a little baby and we can't feed ourselves and we don't really know who we are. Sometimes most believers start with the spirit of an orphan, but they can't feed themselves. They depend on a pastor, a teacher, a podcast. Feed me. Tell me about Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. But they don't know how to feed themselves. And then we become a child where it's like, well, I'm a son. I'm a daughter of him. But we still don't feed ourselves very well. We're still looking for somebody else to tell us who he is. And we're still kind of focused on ourselves. Now, all these stages are natural. So there's no condemnation if you go, well, gosh, I'm still a baby. That's all right. We've all been there. So we go from a baby to a child. We're a child for quite a while until we begin to have a sense of confidence. He loves me. Then we move into a friendship with him. We share our heart with him. We're beginning to hear his voice, and he shares his heart with us. Now we're not so consumed with our needs, even if it's our need to minister out of performance. But we're, we're not consumed about us. Friendship, now we're going, Jesus, what do you feel? Father, did that hurt your heart? There's an awareness that, that there's a real being in the Father, and we want to know him, and we want to know his heart as a friend who cares. And then there's a point in that friendship place where we really begin to receive truth and we really begin to see receive the Holy Spirit deeply. And now some of our deep hurts and wounds and legalisms are being healed and pushed out. It is that image of you put a dirty glass of water under the faucet. And eventually, if you run enough clean water in it, all the dirty water flushes out. It's the same on the spiritual journey. We all would like a glass of dirty water, if we're honest. 
And the more we let him pour into us, it flushes out. Can't make ourselves get healed. Can't will your way into healing. It's the receiving of the purity of his love. And so in friendship, you're beginning to get more healed. And, and now you're hearing his voice yourself. You're looking and you're learning yourself. And so you're, you're just now beginning to slightly, oh, so tiny, slightly, tip the balance to where there times your mind is the mind of Christ and times your heart is the heart of Christ. But you still can default to the hurts and the wounds and the legalisms. Everybody with me? And so between friendship and the next stage is intimacy, we're, we're going back and forth with the balance. He's healing the things the earth has put in us, our defense mechanisms, our dependence on things. And he's actually healing the negative things we've prophesied over ourselves. When we say, oh, I'm a feeler. Oh, I'm a cognitive person. I don't feel. We don't realize that we are prophesying ourselves into captivity. And forgive me if this offends, but even in the church, when we give personality tests and we go, oh, I'm a two and you're a nine, we'll never get along. We have prophesied ourselves into division. Or we have prophesied ourselves into this is who I am, as if it's stagnant, and that's never biblical, you see. If we were to be strictly a feeler, he wouldn't say, love me with all your mind our minds all wounded and shut down and if we were to love him only with our mind then our hearts all wounded and shut down he wants us whole so that this whole temple I can love him with my mind my heart my body my soul everything and so you're going deeper in that healing journey where now more of your mind your emotions your will is tipping toward you just love him and you're starting to think like him and feel like him and then you go from friendship into intimacy and intimacy is a step that's ever growing where you're like I want to know your heart and I want you to know mine you do that in friendships and in marriages I want you to know my heart and I want to know yours but when you're doing this with the father knowing his heart is just healing you and then in intimacy, you realize, oh, Father, I just heard this on the news. Did that hurt your heart, Father? Father, be comforted. And you're beginning to exchange intimacies and exchange comfort. And you still, every now and then, default to that old human personality. And, but you stay in intimacy for a while. And then you continue to tip the balance to then you go to where it is the highest place biblically. Beyond intimacy, you go to oneness. Where now you've been blessed to do a journey with him and in the most freeing, glorious way, you've died to the old self. Your will is with him. You trust him. You know he loves you more than you love yourself. A lot of your questions have fallen by the wayside, not because you have answers, but because you have grown to know his heart and you trust him. And now in oneness, you have a 
more of his heart than you have of yours. And you're going, Jesus, all I want is for you to have your heart's desires. And he's going, well, honey, I just want you to have your heart's desires. But I want you. And we're wanting and desiring the same things in this journey of oneness. That's the mind of Christ in me. That's the heart of Christ, the will of Christ, the attitude of Christ. And you're able to just really look back and go, I really am not the same. And it's glorious. But you know it's never ending, right? Okay. So that's our journey from baby to child to friendship to intimacy to oneness. And that's our invitation in the earth. And if you look at God's calendar, he is perpetually positioning us to grow in that pathway. And we just finished after Pentecost, growing in the Holy Spirit and dependency upon the Holy Spirit. So we're depending on the Holy Spirit, and we're saying, I want you. I celebrate my weakness, and his strength comes. We go, oh, Holy Spirit, did that hurt your heart? I'm so sorry. And you're growing in this exchange with the Holy Spirit. Now in the month of Av, you're developing and freshening up that relationship. You're zeroed in on the Father. Well, Susan, shouldn't we worship Jesus? Of course you should. But the calendar is built so that you have intimacy with all three because they relate to you very differently. It's a totally different thing to have a relationship with a father who asks nothing of you and a relationship with Jesus who gave his life for you. But as you get into intimacy and oneness, he's saying, do you mind if you get crucified in this situation for me? Will you take the warfare for this? Will you pay the price for me in this? And it's a different intimacy with the Holy Spirit who says, I got you. I can give you the exact strength of Christ to revel in the love of the Father. Be the beloved with Jesus, but stand in the cross with him. I can do this through you. And this is the month to say, Father, do I really know you? Or do I just call you Father? In Jewish tradition, the Father is transcendent. He's above everything, and yet he's the source of all love. He's a father that has personality. He's a father that delights in having a unique relationship with each person. The father simply loves to dialogue. The father just wants to be in love with you and just wants to love you and love the world. The father is so simple. I just want to love the world. And I just want to love you. And I just want to be in relationship with you. And when you look at the Father in the Old Testament, there's endless examples of how he takes someone out of their old personality and renews them into, if you will, a new creation, a new personality. Oh, my goodness. Look at Abraham, an idol worshiper. 
And Abraham hears his voice, and he's dialoguing with God. I mean, dialoguing, hearing his voice. And they develop such a close friendship that God says, Abraham, you're my friend. I, I, I can't hold any secret from you. I need you to know, Abraham, there's so much wickedness in Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm going to need to destroy it. And Abraham said, well, if you found 50 people, would you save it? Father said, yeah, I'll do that. And God and Abraham dialogue back and forth to finally Abraham says, Father, if you could find just 10 righteous people in that city, would you save it? He says, yes, son, I would save it. He's dialoguing, sharing decision-making in the earth. There's David, who was not even considered worthy by his father, moves with an orphan spirit with another Saul coming after him, and Saul kept saying, David, I'm your father. And finally, Samuel mentors him. And he sees what a real father is. And you see David's personality shift. For now, he's been mentored into the love of the father himself. And his personality has changed. Is he perfect? No. But he has learned the father's heart that no matter what I do, father forgives me. I repent, I can run straight to the Father. He will grab me in his arms, and he will put me right back where I was, just with more wisdom. And he has no doubts about the Father. Hagar, a handmaiden, she's crying, and she's sharing her vulnerabilities with God. What about this, God? And what about this? And, and waiting for God to share. And then she finally says, I know who you are. I don't know what everybody else calls you, Father. But to me, you're the one who saw my need and responded. And we could go all throughout the Old Testament. And we would see how he loved individually. Now that may sound like a no-brainer to you, but darling, I am just feeling the Holy Spirit begging. We don't know that in the church. We don't know that. Because if we did, you would feel such a freedom in your uniqueness, and you would feel such a freedom with Father. You would feel the Father singing and dancing over for your uniquenesses and that you're not like anybody else and that you relate to him not like anybody else. You would feel him dancing over you. Are you okay? Everybody's still here? Lately, the Father has had me just... Um, waist deep in the book of Daniel. I'm not going to take too long, but I want you to hear Daniel's journey. But listen to this. You probably know the story of Daniel. He was in the upper echelon of Jewish culture. His family was wealthy. And when Jerusalem fell, his family was martyred. 
He was taken into captivity. But this is, he says, the Lord gave us into the hand of our enemies. God gave him favor and skill. And then you begin this journey of watching the names of God in Daniel's journey. He says, oh, you're the God of heaven. Oh, you're the God of times and seasons. Then he says, you're the revealer of mysteries, aren't you, God? And he's moving in such a growing relationship with God. Nebuchadnezzar, the evil king, turns to Daniel and says, your God is the God of all gods. Yours is the Lord of kings. And all Daniel did was interpret a dream. But the presence of the Father was so heavy on Daniel, an evil king who wanted to be worshipped as God said, Oh, your God is the God of gods. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into the furnace. You know the story. They come out. And Nebuchadnezzar goes, oh, it's the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're servants of the Most High God. Can you imagine just going through daily life in such a way that your family and your friends go, oh, that's the God of Kaya. Oh, that's the God of Patsy. That's the God I want to know. Darius throws Daniel in the lion's den and, and says, May your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. You are a servant of the living God. Do you realize Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in an evil kingdom? They were captives. They were slaves, fulfilling positions, not because they wanted to. And yet they kept going deeper in, who are you, Father, in this situation and in this situation? Then Daniel goes, you're my God. You're the Ancient of Days. You're the most high of the kingdom that is forever and forever. You are the Lord God to whom belongs all mercy and forgiveness. And his last name in the book that Daniel wrote, he just goes, oh, oh, my Lord. And yet you may think Daniel was someone special. Like Susan isn't Daniel where you have all the dreams about end times. and Yeah, it is. But you know what position Daniel for that? <laughs> Three things. If you really look beneath the story. He had a hunger to know the sovereign father. You want to know, father, who are you 
to me now in this situation, in this situation. And he worshiped him three times a day. He had an administrative job and he did every detail with excellence. He did his job, the admin, the HR. He oversaw people, he had administrative responsibilities. He did his mundane job with excellence and never took offense. And those simple things positioned him to in every situation see the veil pull back and go, Father, you're the revealer of mysteries. Father, you're the king of heaven. Father, you're my God. You're, you're mine. I mean, who is the father to you in this season? What name would you call him? Not what are the names of God in the Bible. Daniel didn't have any names of God in the Bible. But out of his heart relationship, Hagar didn't have names of God in the Bible. It was out of her heart. Who is the father to you right now? Whether you're a baby, a child, a friend, an intimacy or oneness on this path, who is the father to you? Father always knows the end from the beginning. And so in the beginning, he gave us the deepest invitation. One, in our image be. Be one of us. Come. Live like me, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I created you and I put in you a God-given DNA and your journey on this earth is to let me remove all the junk that's been piled on you, lies about you, situations. Let me uncover what I put in you before you left heaven as a spirit. Be in my image. He says, here, I want to share my mind, my heart, my authority, my love, my kingdom. Here. Just let me remind you who you are. Let me heal you so you can receive it. And then you've, you've heard me say this ad infinitum because I think it's a cornerstone in the Christian walk once you begin to grab it. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And it says that he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. One Hebrew trans translation says he hallowed today. Does that word sound familiar? Right? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And hallowed is almost like this backing up and bowing like, oh, that's too holy for me to come. Hallowed. He said, I hallow time. 
I hallow, I sanctify, I call majestic, I call holy the time when you rest with me. Because in that time, you let me bring heaven to earth and you let me pour the light of my love into you so that I can, in essence, wash your feet, wash your mind and heart of the things of the earth, and I can <laughs> breathe fresh life into you in that time. Hallowed, hallowed be the Sabbath or the Shabbat. And Shabbat doesn't mean you have to do 24 hours. But it sure is amazing if you do. <laughs> Somehow, if I can be real tender from the Father, the Father wants you to know that, if I can use this term, as Gentiles, you have been so robbed. So robbed and had so much stolen from you. I remember in the 90s when the Father's blessing was coming out like it was a revelation, and I kept going, the Jews have known this forever. But we didn't have that. Same thing for Shabbat. Have you ever really noticed the Ten Commandments? I, the Lord, am one God. You have no other gods before you. Don't use my name in vain. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. It is up in that bracket of the Ten Commandments that's all talking about relationship and intimacy and who I want to be to you as your God, and I want to spend time with you. Remember the Sabbath. Don't forget, I've hallowed time, and when you come rest in me, I can breathe life into you. It was so vital. The Father wanted this time that Jesus comes and goes, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. I am Lord of this hallowed time that you spend with the Father. And there's no other time in the universe that is like this time. Not all time is equal. It is not. But when we hear him saying, please, please can I be with you? Please, will you love me more than all those distractions? Father says, please, I really want you to know me personally. Hallow this time to be with me. And I will be with you. There are no right or wrong ways about the time. It's a time when he just wants to bathe us in his light and let the darkness of that earthly form personality be escorted out by the power of love and light. Not by your works. It is an exchange of being intentional. 
before you were formed, the Father has always been intentional. Saying here, I'm going to create you in my image. I'm going to give you all my kingdom. Here, I'm going to hallow time. And if you'll just come and let me love you, eventually you will love me. And we will exchange hearts together. And you will know who I am through you. Not who everybody else says I am. Who I am for you. And we'll slowly move from infant to child to friendship to intimacy to oneness so that I pour on you and you pour on me. Remember, my friends, we can teach about identity. We can teach on a lot of things. But we cannot see who we really are, much less become who we have been called to be unless first we have received a higher vision of him. If what you see about the Father, know about the Father, would escort you to the next level, you wouldn't be where you are. What you have seen, what you have received, what you have believed about him, there's a ceiling now until you give him that open door and go, Father, who are you to me? And then when you begin seeing him in ways you've never seen him before, it's like that draws your spirit up and your soul is just coattailing right up to the next level of healing. We see him with the veil pulled back and the beauty of him and the person he wants to be to Yvonne and to Bobby that he's never been to anyone else. And we catch this revelation. We're like, and as we let go and believe it, something of our old self falls off. And we go a step closer to being spirit to spirit with him and tipping the balance. It is true that he is an incomprehensibly gracious father and he will reveal more of himself to you any day on the calendar. But it is also true he is a God, as Daniel says, a revealer of mysteries and a God of times and seasons. And this is the month of the Father. When there is an uncommon grace upon those who come. And say, all these in the Old Testament they dialogued with you. They Look at the realms of, look at what you did in Esther, and look what you did through Ruth, and look at Isaiah, Jeremiah, look. And they didn't even have the Holy Spirit inside of them. But they chased the Father. So tonight, 
tonight we want to give you a particular type of worship so that the message of the Father's heart can go in and perhaps you can meet him anew to give a foundation. In scripture there are many forms of worship and there are many forms of musical worship. There are some that the spontaneous song of the Lord, beautiful, anointed. There are times when we sing songs like the Jewish people would sing the Psalms to lead us. There are times when worship has a purpose, like in the Psalms, when you read David's Psalms of Ascent, if you see they like funnel people. It starts out broad because at the feast when they would sing the Psalms of Ascent, people were coming from different villages and different problems and situations in life. And David was like, Lord, how are we going to get them into oneness before they get to the top of the mount? And when you look at the Psalms of Ascent, I'm telling you, if you're a leader, study this because it shows how to take people in different heart positions and gently and slowly bring them together to a point of unity and oneness in the psalm of the sense. And then there are times when he's very specific, like when Jehoshaphat cried out and the Lord said, okay, the enemy is greater than you, but I will take care of the enemy, but I want you to worship, but I want you to say these two lines in worship, just these two lines. And it was very intentional, and it was very specific. So tonight we offer you a chance to intentionally exchange hearts with the Father. The first song is Abba Father, for you to just receive, receive who he is for you, just And the second song, you will hear a beautiful Jewish intro to it, and the words are holy, holy. But do not think about it in a religious way. And pretty please don't think about it as a word that puts distance. When the Father used the word holy, he saw it as this, this magnificent hug of this is a hallowed time. Come, may I hug you. And in heaven, when they're singing holy, holy, they're going, look, we're in the presence of the Father. It's not a word of distance. And so when you're singing holy in worship, embrace him. Run to him. Run to him. Because he's running to you. <laughs> 